In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, we are here together this evening and we've asked the Lord to give us the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. So it's a time of prayer I'm speaking, you know, I'm sort of speaking, but, you know, you inside pray now and ask the Lord to make this time of prayer fruitful, that it be a time in which you open yourself to God's grace and ask Him to give you a real resilience during this year, a resilience so that uh, He give you fortitude and strength to be able to step in to the area of what would be God's will for you, so that in every moment, you and I can really say, right now, I'm doing what God wants of me. And that gives you a resilience, and it gives you a tremendous peace. But we do it also with the understanding that God gives us a blessing. He gives us His grace to be able to live in accordance with with his will. It's, it's beautiful to consider that there's actually, each one of us has a very specific will of God for, for him, for him or her. And we see this in today's first reading from the book of Numbers, from the Old Testament, when Moses is told exactly how the priests are to bless And we get a short little passage, which is really one of the earliest passages that gives us a formula of blessing. It's one of the earliest sort of formulas that is conserved to us. He says, this is what the book of Numbers says in today's first reading in the Mass. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, and then the formula, Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The Lord will bless you and keep you. The Lord will make his face shine on you. It's one of the first times that this image of the Lord having a face. And why does it say that? Well, in fact, quite a few times it repeats this image of the face of God. And the face of God is an ideal symbol to speak about the intimacy of God with his people. 
with the believer, with you and me, that we represent that intimacy of God with the image of a face. God has a face. When you love somebody, you look at them in the eye. You know, I hope you, those of you who are couples will look at your spouse like face to face. You know, you don't say, "Hi, honey, how's it going? Uh, I hope you're good. Yeah, whatever." No, you you look. I hope. I hope you still do that. You don't kiss somebody. You don't look at them. You got to look at them. You know, and because there's a moment of intimacy there, and this is often repeated in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. And uh, it's something that we ask for now, especially when we've all heard the news of the death of Pope Benedict. He was asked if he feared his death. He was asked, I don't know when this was, a few years ago, if he was afraid of dying. And he said, well, I can't help but be, you know, I can't help but be like, like afraid of dying a little bit, yes. And I cannot, I think he said, I cannot help but think of death with some trepidation. But he said, it will not be the end. It will be rather an encounter. And immediately we can now think that that encounter for him is not an encounter with some kind of unrecognizable being, some kind of cloud, some kind of power. But he will see, and he sees now, the face of the Lord. Somebody whom he's been dealing with for years. And you could see it in his quiet attitude, his humble and... uh, and kind of self-effacing attitude. He, he was a very, very humble shepherd, a servant of the church. And we should pray for the repose of his soul. We should pray for him now. We are all united in the church, and, and we can actually pray for the Holy Father, Pope Benedict. And uh, that's what St. Paul said. All of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, he said, are being transformed into the same image. Well, he was saying that just as Moses, Moses' face when he came down from, from the mountain, no, his very face reflected the splendor of Yahweh. Like it was like, people were looking at it, were kind of like getting blinded because he had been speaking to the God to God on Mount Sinai. And so you know we've come here to this chapel here, this beautiful chapel, to pray a bit, and this is what we habitually do here. We have meditations for university students and for not university students as well, you know, professionals and adults and mothers and all kinds of people. Since we all have ordinary lives, we you know, live professional lives, the students obviously are studying. But all that study, all that work, can really be done you know, under the gaze of God who, who looks at us and loves us. But we need to be reminded of that often. That God is not a distant God, sort of way out in the stars, some far away place. We need to be reminded of that. And that's what we do here in this Opus Dei Center. 
to try to remind us all that the purpose of our life, the purpose of our work, is to, is to find ways in which we could do our work really in the presence of God and offer Him that work so that one day we will see Him face to face. And this, the founder of Opus Dei liked to say that our desk or the counter at which we work is like the altar on which we offer a pleasing sacrifice to God. Here afterwards we're going to have the Mass and I offer the sacrifice of the Mass to God. But our work too can just as well be offered to God. But it won't be an altar like this. It'll be the altar of our, of our desk, of our computer, of you know, the tractor that we <laughs> work on, whatever it may be. And uh, it, it would be good for us to reflect on this image of the face of God. It's not only a face, but it's a radiant face. It's luminous. It's full of light. And here, on the Redable, if you look carefully at the images here, we have the images of the Holy Rosary, of the mysteries of light. There's the joyful mysteries, there's the sorrowful mysteries, there's the glorious mysteries, but these are the mysteries of light that Pope John Paul II instituted or, or added to the Holy Rosary. We have the mystery of the baptism of the Lord, where he is baptized by John the Baptist. And at that moment, water, as it flowed off the body of the Word incarnate, suddenly took on this power that it never had before. The power to be able to bring the Holy Spirit into our souls. Of course, Jesus didn't need to be baptized. I mean, he was already like... He doesn't need to be baptized. He's the Son of God. I mean, he's the Word incarnate. But by being baptized and humbly sort of letting himself be baptized by John, he suddenly gave water that incredible power, which cleanses us of our sins. And as he did that, of course, the, the clouds opened and light shone down and you could see the Holy Spirit coming down. Then you had the, the marriage at Cana. That's also uh, a mystery of light, where you have uh, Jesus going with his disciples to a marriage. And uh, the water, the, rather the, the wine, ran out. Right? And so, like, if you don't have wine at a marriage, that's a problem. Right? That's a serious problem. I mean, everybody is enjoying that at a reception. <laughs> so the disciples said, oh my, we, we have a serious problem here. You know? It's like having no Wi-Fi. I mean, you need, it's a, a serious problem. You know? So they went to Our Lady, and she said, do whatever he tells you. That is, go to Jesus and do whatever he tells you. And he took water, and as you know, it was transformed into wine. And then the host, upon tasting that wine, said, Whoa, this is a, a Pinot Noir. This is a Merlot. This is a Chardonnay. This is like high quality, you know. I mean, and there's no fly in this, in this wine. And normally people leave uh, the bad wine for the end, but you have left the good wine. And that is an image of what happens in a marriage. You, you first get married, there's the romance, uh, there's the attraction, there's the, you know, the affection and the, the love of that that you enter a marriage in. 
It's very attractive. It's beautiful. It's what brings you together to decide to get married. It's a beautiful love. But it runs out. It runs out. Like that wine, the first wine, it eventually just, like, it's just, you know, there's not left. So that's why we have to go to Christ who transforms a marriage and brings that love into the new, the new wine, which is like, like high quality Chardonnay. And that's, that's the beauty of a, of a love that has been bathed in the sacrament of matrimony. And it lasts for life because it is imbued by the grace of Christ. Right? And that's the, you could say, that's the luminosity of Christ's uh, presence in a marriage. And then we have the call to conversion, the proclamation of the kingdom, the call to conversion, where the Lord invites us to a deep conversion in our life. Then you have the transfiguration, where the Lord is transfigured on Mount Tabor, speaking with Elijah. And, uh, and then, of course, in the center you have the Eucharist, which is the institution of the Eucharist. And there at the very center we have the Blessed Sacrament there, which corresponds to the other, the other chapel and behind. You can go in back, if you go upstairs, you can see that smaller chapel. We have a beautiful painting there as well. And all this is uh, to remind us of the light that radiates from the face of Christ. And so as we begin this new year, I invite you really to ask for the grace to see the face of Christ in your life and its luminosity so that everything that you do this year really be bathed in that light, bathed in that meaning. Even if there are some dark moments, even if there are some hardships, the Lord is always going to be present. And uh, this is what uh, Pope Benedict said a few years ago. He said, in the world of the internet, which enables billions of images to appear on millions of screens throughout the world, the face of Christ needs to be seen and his voice heard. For if there is no room for Christ, there is no room for man. And that's, that's the grace we can ask for now, right? That we that we really in our life see the face of Christ. It's the loving, tender face of Christ that looks upon us and loves us. No matter what we do, He always loves us. He has mercy on us. But at the same time, He, he encourages us to be a better version of ourselves. Always, He's always kind of like demanding more, more of us. Okay? And especially now, we can see, well, what area does he, is he demanding more of me in my marriage? You can ask, in my, the way I work, the way I deal with my friends. How, how can I live really that quality to be more? And the way we can do it is that we, are no, we know we're always accompanied by the Lord. St. Josemaria, who's the founder of Opus Dei, the priest that's behind all these centers of Opus Dei that are there to teach the universal call to sanctity. At the end of his life, he was only like in his 70s, uh, but he had a kind of premonition that maybe the Lord was going to come to see him soon. He had heart trouble and wasn't terribly sick, but he had that premonition. 
And he would repeat Psalm 26. He was used to reading the Latin. Psalm 26 says, Vultum tum domine requidam. It's a beautiful phrase. Lord, I seek to see your face, Lord. I seek to contemplate your face. Vultum is face. I wish to see your face. I wish to see your face. Vultum tum domine requidam. And that phrase from Psalm 26 is always stayed in my mind. You know, that, that's what we, the first thing we will see when we die is the face of the Lord. And so now as we begin this new year, as the year is closed, we maybe look back on it. Perhaps we see a lot of pain, uh, maybe some suffering. We also see great joy. We see our own sinfulness, perhaps. But in some way, as we arrive here to the new year, we really want to come closer to the, to the face of the Lord, that intimacy with Christ. Perhaps we can make a small resolution. We can live the heroic minute. When we wake up, the heroic minute, as soon as we hear that alarm, leap out of bed. Just leap. Normally we can just like roll over, you know, forget it, I'm not getting up. No, no, let's leap out of bed so that we can serve the Lord, even though we may be very tired, and tonight we're going to be very tired probably, you know, because we're going to be up late. And, uh, and the, the Lord will accompany us. It's going to be 2023 is a new year, but it's also a new struggle a new occasion to be with the Lord, a new occasion to truly give ourselves to others, ultimately to be the best version of ourselves, with that image of the face of Christ always close to us. There was a famous uh, shrine somewhere in Italy that has a... uh, what is considered to be the veil of Veronica. The veil, you know, when Veronica, during, the, during the, uh, the, the way of the cross, when Jesus was on his way to the cross, she, she saw his face was all bloodied, and she put a veil on him, or, or just tried to, you know, refresh his face, so to speak, and, and the Lord left an image of his face on that veil. And that veil today, according to tradition, is that veil, and it's in this shrine. And uh, Pope Benedict went to visit it, I believe it was in 2006. And he stood praying in front of that, that image of Christ. And it, it, look, it looks almost identical to the famous Shroud of Turin. And he really wanted to see, to see that, to pray in front of it. So let's ask the Lord that, for that grace, that this year, 2023, which we're about to start, be an occasion to give of ourselves more Somewhere we can say, Lord, I want to give the best version of myself this year and face the sorrows, the hardships with a sporting spirit. Reframe those because they will be occasions for you and me to be a better version. Always knowing that we have the face of Christ watching over us, seeking to guide us, to bless us, to love us, naturally with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Mother of God. This feast now is the Mother of God. She, she brought God into this world because she, she was the Mother. In her womb, she carried 
the Divine Son. And she will intercede for us eh, so that this year, 2023, is really an occasion for many graces, for lots of joy, and even if there are sorrows or hardships, reframed as an occasion to serve the Lord eh, as sons and daughters of God. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.